This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. What will you choose? No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Real EFL's League to Look Back. I am your host this week, Matt. Joining me, I have Ivan and Kyle. How are you both doing, guys? Not too bad. Um, I was down at uni in Bath for the weekend and went to watch Bath play, which is quite good because, I mean, if people don't know, um, I'm a Carlisle fan. So I saw Bath win 3-1 and so I've seen Carlisle lose 4-0 against Cambridge at the weekend, which, yeah, was quite. I, I picked the right game to go to, let's just say As that. I say, you, you've obviously picked the right game to go to, at least you saw a, a team winning, eh? <laughs> yeah. Hasn't happened much for Carlisle, unfortunately, this season. Uh, Kyle, how are you doing, buddy? I'm um, good, thanks. On the other hand, we are in absolutely great form at the moment, Lincoln. So we will, unless unless we have a collapse like I wasn't I wasn't watching Lincoln at this point. I think in 2011 when we had a ridiculous run, which sure was relegated, we will be in League One next season, and we can pretty much enjoy the rest of the year at the moment. Unlike Ivan, unfortunately. Yes, it looks like it's one way for Ivan and his Carlisle team back to League Two. But let's talk about League Two. Let's move straight on with our first game. This was Tranmere versus Stockport. And Tranmere Rovers bounced back with a convincing 4-0 win over table-topping Stockport County at Prenton Park. The home team took the lead after 30 minutes when Captain Tom Davies scored from close range following a Brad Walker free kick. Despite having a lot of possession, Stockport County struggled to create scoring opportunities, with Mick Powell having the best chance to equalise before half-time. Tranmere Rovers had the chance to extend their lead when Harvey Saunders was denied by the county keeper Ben Hinchcliffe. Stockport County started the second half brightly and had chances to level the game throughout Will Collar and Odin Bailey, but were unable to convert. Tranmere increased their lead to 2-0 in the 55th minute when Jordan Turnbull scored for um, a free kick that wasn't cleared by Stockport. Turnbull was then again uh, headed home his second goal from a walk across eight minutes later, securing the win. Connor Jennings completed the scoring in the 85th 
minute. And guys, I've got to ask, did either of you expect this scoreline yesterday? And come on, I'll be honest. I think if you told me you were, I think you'd be lying. <laughs> um, it's um, it's a weird one because I wouldn't have. I, I mean, I definitely wouldn't have said the scoreline would have been four nil. You'd have maybe said that there could be an upset in it. I suppose Stockport have they've slipped up a couple of times recently, so it definitely had the potential to have an upset. Um, but four nil is, uh, yeah, I, I don't think anyone would have had would have had that on their on their mind before the game. I think Stockport, they are still top of the league at the minute, but they don't look convincing enough to um, to potentially even win it this season. I think you're looking through the teams behind them, Mansfield, Wrexham, Crew, even MK Dons, all getting a bit closer to them now, even if, well, a few of them didn't take um, full advantage at the weekend. But, yeah, I mean, as, as for Tranmere, Nigel Atkins has done an incredible job since he's gone there. Um, and he's got to be one of the highs of the season. But yeah, Stockport is just another disappointing performance after their loss on Tuesday as well. Do you know, I'm just going to pick up on something you just said there about um, Nigel Atkins being one of the uh, managerial appointments of the season. I fully agree with you, actually, because uh, I said I did watch the game back a few times yesterday and Honestly, Tranmere outplayed Stockport yesterday, and Stockport aren't look, look, looking like the team that they that they were sort of at the beginning part of this season. And Carl, look, I mean, they had a bad result, obviously, in, on Tuesday night, a three-one home loss to Crew. Do you think this could be signs of what could potentially become for for uh, Stockport, and could they end up missing out on the automatics this year? Based on the last few games, yeah, you probably have to say so. But it's such a tight league, League 2, as we've discussed probably for the last three or four weeks. I remember a couple of weeks ago running about Wrexham and saying, um, are they lost a few games and was the pressure against them? Were they going to drop out? And they've responded. So I think Stockport will do the same. Um, you've just got to give credit to Tramie yesterday. They were absolutely excellent. And yeah, I can only echo what you said about uh, Nigel Atkins coming in. But they'd been on a little bit of a difficult run uh, midweek. They were 2-0 up against Morecambe and then lost 3-2. But yesterday, they were absolutely superb. Full value for the win. Stockport just have to respond now and hope that they can rekindle the form that they started the year with and um, finish most of last year with as well. Yeah, I mean, this is such a obviously a tight league, and, and you know, a couple of losses obviously uh, hasn't hindered them so far uh, as of yet. But we are starting to see a bit of a different Stockport at the moment, and we don't want them to become a nearly team like they have done done before. Um, but it, it, it was an absolutely excellent performance yesterday from Tranmere. I think they thoroughly deserved the win. Um, I know uh, when you go back and look at the stats, Stockport did have obviously most of the ball like you expected them to do, but Tranmere definitely. Uh, made them pay when they had the chances going forward. And uh, I think they were full value for their win yesterday. Uh, After, obviously, that game, though, has finished, Stockport are still top of the league in first. Tranmere are in 17th. Well, let's move swiftly on to our next game. And this was Salford versus Barrow. And Carl Robinson's unbeaten start as Salford City boss continued with an exciting victory in an eight-goal thriller against Barrow finishing 5-3 to the home team. Salford City extended their impressive run to eight league games without their de- uh, without defeat, their best since 
April 2022. Callum Hendry opened the scoring with a stunning long-range effort, putting the hosts in the lead. Shortly before half-time, Cole Stockton levelled the scores with a beautiful curling shot past the goalkeeper. Tyrrell Warren then puts Salford ahead with a header from Robbie Gott's corner early in the second half. Salford deservedly equalised though through Connor McKenley before taking a, a lead against, uh, sorry, the lead again as Hendry scored his second goal with the help of a deflection. To cap it off, Matt Smith scored twice, bringing his league goal tally to 21 for the season. Barrow managed a late consolation goal though through Carl Stockton, but it was not enough to prevent their third successive defeat. And guys, I would not have believed this if I had said this about five weeks ago, but yeah, Barrow's third successive defeat. What's going wrong with Pete Wilde's team? I, th I think they they were, the thing with Barrow, I think they were, they were overperforming potentially to be in those automatic spots. Um, I think every team, I mean, we've just discussed Stockport, every team has this bad patch. It's all about how they respond for it. And I think Barrow are currently in their bad spell. I mean, in their last six games, I think it is, they've got one win and one draw. Um, so it's all about how they now respond uh, midweek. Um, well, they played midweek, sorry, but uh, they need to get back to winning ways the next uh, soonest opportunity. It's it's quite a big defeat as well. And I don't think Barrow have let in, I'm trying to wrap my brain here, when they've been... I mean, it's not a demolition, but when they've let in five goals, you do look straight to their defence. Um, as for Salford, it's, it's so similar to Tranmere. I think we need to be saying how good Salford have been. And similarly, about Atkins being one of the best appointments of the season, look at Robinson at, at Salford. That's what, eight games without... Um, sorry, eight games unbeaten now. And they look like they are safe in the league again on 39 points, which... A few what a few weeks ago, we probably didn't know if they would be safe. Um, well, definitely not at this point in the season. But we thought it could be dragged into the relegation battle. So, yeah, no, I think full credit goes to, has to go to Salford, but Barrow definitely are just starting to look a bit ropey, in my opinion. Yeah, and again, like obviously, we mentioned about Nigel Atkins earlier. You know, yes, um, Carl Robinson is. Definitely got to be, you know, a, a brilliant signing for Salford. Obviously, he's managed to stabilise them this year, looking at potentially going forward though into next year. He could potentially turn them into a really good League 2 outfit next year. Um, but I'm just going to, Carl, I'm just going to throw this one over towards you quickly, just because obviously, you know, I have this bit of a love affair with, with Pete Wilde. Um, do we think this is just a small slump for Barrow or are we looking at, you know, sort of the beginning of the demise and, and this is now they're going to end up potentially missing out on automatics as well as potentially playoffs? I think certainly the the chances of automatic promotion have, have all but gone. I know it's, we're only mid-February, so it's quite early to call that, but they're, they're five behind Wrexham now. They've played two more games. I just can't see it personally. And yeah, these last, these last three games have been hugely, hugely damaging defeats. The the game against Forest Green in midweek particularly, they only had one shot on target, which they scored. Um, to lose against Forest Green is just, is unforgivable really for the position they were in. And then, yeah, yesterday to concede five, even to score three to, in fairness and not win a game is, is quite damaging. Um, on the other hand, Salford, absolutely excellent yesterday. 
you can only credit Carl Robinson since he's come and he's been superb. Um, yeah, I think next season we will certainly be looking at Salford as a potential promotion contender along with the sides that end up missing out this season. They should finish the season well in mid-table. Yeah, well, obviously, we've still got a fair few games to go. But, I mean, I was just looking at actually the stats from yesterday and, and I must have missed this. Uh, Salford had 29 shots yesterday. You know, double, literally double the amount of Barrow. And, and that's not something that I would have normally expected from a Pete Wild team to sort of let that many shots get off at their goal. But, obviously, after the 90 minutes up there, Barrow currently sit in sixth. Salford are in 19th. On to our next game. This is Swindon versus MK Dons. And on his full league debut for MK Dons, Stephen Warren scored twice with the, within the first eight minutes to secure a 2-1 victory at struggling Swindon. Warren opened the scoring after just four minutes due to some mistake-prone defending by Swindon. Goalkeeper Jack Bycroft and Conor McCarthy's miscommunication allowed Kieran Lofthouse to set up Warren for an easy finish. Just four minutes later, Warren doubled his tally with a well-placed finish at the far post following a brilliant cross across the six-yard box. Despite the Dons' push for a third goal, Daniel Kemp's powerful 25 shot was well saved by Bycroft early in the second half. Charlie Austin's late goal gave Swindon hope of a comeback, but MK Dons held on for the win. It was a very dominant performance by MK Dons. And I've got to say, some very poor goalkeeping after, especially after his heroics on Tuesday night at Gillingham uh, by Swindon's goalkeeper yesterday. The That first goal, I mean, schoolboy football, wasn't it, boys? Yeah, what is, what is he doing for that? But um, yeah, I think, like like you said, after the performance on Tuesday night, it's a pretty stark contrast. And it's ultimately what has cost Swindon the game being so early on going 2-0 down after just eight minutes you, you're shooting yourself in the foot from very early it's exactly what MK Dons needed though obviously they lost to Bradford on Tuesday and got I don't want to say humiliated but they got thrashed by Bradford in fairness to them um, and they needed to bounce back and they've done just that um, on the road at Swindon and yeah I think they were in control from well, almost from the get go, like we said, two 0 up after eight minutes. Swindon didn't pose him too uh, much of a threat. Charlie Austin's goal was merely a consolation, but I think it would have probably had MK Don's fans quite worried in the last few minutes. Um, as for like Swind, looking at Swindon now, in my view, I don't think they've got any chance of getting to the playoffs. I don't really think they had that much of a chance before the game, but I think the result yesterday has all but killed those chances. Yeah, I think you're you're kind of right there with with Swindon, and actually, I've, I've got to say, after the performance they they put on on Tuesday night, uh, you know, they literally had a never say die attitude. It wasn't the same Swindon that I saw yesterday. Um, even with sort of when I have a quick look, uh, and actually, I've got to say the same about MK Dons. This isn't the same MK Dons side we've seen in the last sort of four or five weeks, is it, uh, Carl? I mean, it was a very poor result on Tuesday night against Bradford, and. I actually think they were quite lucky. I know they scored the two early goals, but I don't really think there was much else in that game yesterday, was there? No, certainly the chances points to that. I mean, uh, both sides had an equal share of the ball. Both sides had three shots on target. 
Um, yeah, it was just that that early spell, conceding twice in inside eight minutes, won them the game. I think it was no surprise to see Dan Kemp involved on his return to Swindon with the assist. But even even that goal particularly, he he opened up the defence, but it just it was a horror show at the back really for for Swindon, and particularly if you said after. Midweek, that that never say die attitude to nick a last minute equaliser against Gillingham. Um, they were quite the opposite today. They did um, score a minute from time to give them a slight chance, but when you're two 0 down so early, there's there's no way really you're going to recover. As we'll come on to in a bit with another side who were two 0 down early on and got absolutely battered, which I will be delighted to speak about in a bit. Uh, I'll, I'll wait for now, but uh, but yeah. Uh, Similarly, with MK Dons, they weren't great yesterday, but they didn't need to be in fairness. And all they care about is winning um, after that horror show in midweek against Bradford. It was. And it, look, I've got to say, um, obviously, I was at the Gillingham game on Tuesday night and um, by a cross save right on the literally the last kick of the game was corner come in. It was point blank range. It was probably one of the best saves I'd ever seen. Yeah, I can say I've seen live. And I just thought, wow, this goalkeeper is you know, is a talent. And unfortunately, yesterday, in the first, you know, eight minutes, he unfortunately let himself down and I think let his team down. And I do think he potentially cost, uh, you know, because I don't think MK Dons were that great yesterday. I think he could have potentially cost his team at least a point there. But after, obviously, that game finished 2-1 to MK Dons, MK Dons are in second, uh, sorry, in uh, fifth, sorry, at Swindon are in 18th. Let's move on to our next game. This was Colchester versus Accrington. And 10-man Accrington Stanley scored a late goal to secure a draw against Colchester United. Colchester came close to scoring in the 12th minute when Riley Harbottle's long-range shot was tipped over the bar by keeper Vitek in goal. Two minutes later, the host threatened again as John Akindi's header from Alistair Smith's cross narrowly missed the target. Tom Hopper also missed a close-range header before Colchester took the lead in the 40th minute through Noah Chivers' uh, superb 25-yard superb, strike after a build-up from Harbottle. Colchester's momentum was destructed early in the second half, though, when they were reduced to 10 men, with Brad Hills sent off for an incident with Hopper near the halfway line. Despite that setback, though, Accrington Stanley recovered and substitute uh, Adikoya narrowly missed a shot before equalising in the 80th minute. The goal came from an own goal by Harbottle, who inadvertently diverted Kevin Mellor's cross into his own net. So the match ended 1-1, the points were shared, and I do think it was pretty much an even result for both teams. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a bit of a weird one for Accrington, I think, because obviously they've had 10 men and they came from behind, or they well, played basically the whole second half with 10 men. But then again, you look at the table and had they had they won against Colchester, they'd be in the playoffs, I think. They'd be in it on goal difference. Instead, they sit in 12th in what is, I mean, we say it every week, an ultra-competitive mid-pack. Um, I think it is a, a fair result, I think, Accrington were good value for the point and they fought um, They fought for it very well. Like we said, 10 men for the majority of the second half and it's a good point on the road. You pick up points on the road and you can win at home, then they'll be in that in the playoffs come the end of the season. As for Colchester, I think it's... I don't think they look convincing at the, at the minute, but 
they are picking up points here and there, which is all that matters down at the bottom. And they've got that gap over Sutton and Forest Green in the um, in the relegation zone. But I mean, I I think Colchester will be just fine this season because they're picking up point. They're picking up plenty of draws, but I just don't think they're. I don't really think there's too much to be excited about at the minute there. No, no, there's not at the moment. Uh, although. I've got to say, I, I do feel Colchester have got themselves a, a brilliant manager in the, uh, Danny Cowley. And look, I do like what Atkinson are all about, but yeah, I, I feel yesterday 1-1, really sort of almost a fair result. I've got to ask you, uh, Carl, about the sending off. Did you Have you seen the incident? Yes, I have, and I can't believe how, it, to be honest. How, how can a player try and defend himself after that? Um, to put it shortly, they can't. It... You go into the second half, you're 1-0 down, a minute into the second half and you come out with such a needless elbow. I uh, I slowed it down um, just to really get the extent of it. And Brad Hills makes, he, he looks at uh, Tom Hopper and it's, it's just such a stupid red. And in the end, it's cost his team there because without that, um, they could have quite easily gone on to take all three points. Um, the he, the equaliser itself was disappointing from a Colchester perspective, but had they had eleven men on the pitch, could they have taken all the points? Yeah, and they've really they failed to um, build on their winning midweek against Wimbledon, which which really would have put them in amongst the the playoff places. Uh, as for Colchester, they've got a big game Saturday against Sutton. Um, win that, they're probably safe. Um, at the moment, I think they're probably good enough to stay up this year um, with the two below them. But yeah, it was it was such a bizarre sending off. <laughs> yeah, re- really bizarre. And, and as I said, I just his reaction afterwards to like, well, what am I being sent off for this? Well, uh, you know, you know, he's looked at the player, he's raised his arm up into the player's face, he's moved it towards him. I think it was a correct call. Well, it's not often that I say that a referee has made the correct call, but a League Two referee finally did. Yay! <laughs> but after that game, obviously finished one all. Uh, Colchester are in 21st, Atkinton are in 12th. Let's move swiftly on to our next game. This was Crawley versus Forest Green. And Crawley secured their first league win in five games with goals from Orsi and Lollas uh, defeating relegation-threatened Forest Green Rovers 2-0 at the Broadfield Stadium. The opening goal came six minutes before half-time when striker Orsi scored his 16th goal of the season with a clever close-range flip. Crawley continued to threaten with Ronan Darcy's shot from outside the area, parried by goalkeeper Reyes five minutes later. In the second half, Rovers substitute Oidele and Harvey Bunker made an impact, leading to a low shot from McCann that was saved by keeper Addy. Addy was also then called into action, saving a low uh, low shot from Dominic Thompson as Rovers dominated possession. Uh, Rovers then had an attempt parried by Adedi, but Crawley substitute Lolos secured the victory three minutes from time, firing home from close range after a cross by Gordon. Uh, guys, uh, first off, after you know a two-nil comfortable two-nil win, I would say for Crawley, I think we are now about to say goodbye 
to Forest Green. They put up a spirited performance in the week, but I think it's bye bye Forest Green. I slightly disagree with that. Uh, I don't. Th- I don't think it's too. Er- I think it is too early to write them off. Um, I think we've already hinted at Grimsby's performance of the weekend, and we'll get onto that more in a bit. But I, I, I was. I was quite disappointed with Forest Green, to be quite honest. I thought that that win against Barrow in midweek, they would be able to use that momentum. Um, Charlie Beeston, who's on these podcasts all the time, me and him did a piece for the website predicting the score of this game. And I actually predicted a Forest Green 2-1 win. And that shows how wrong I am. And Charlie went 3-1 to Crawley. So, I mean, at least he got the right team winning. Um, But, yeah, I think for Forest Green, I don't know. They don't look... They don't look dead and buried. But they also don't look like a team that has the ability to stay up. I just think it's... it, It... it's a tiny bit too early to write them off. And they've still got to play Grimsby, who are the team in 22nd now. I think that's on 2nd of March. Um, and yeah, I think that is that is the game. If they lose that, then 100% write them off. But I think until until then, because I can't see Grimsby picking up too many too many points in the, in the near distant future. But yeah, I just think it, it, it's, it's very disappointing for Forest Green to put out a performance of, to that extent after what happened in, in midweek yeah it, it was an excellent performance in midweek against you know obviously a very strong Barrow team but obviously a Barrow team we know as we mentioned earlier that have you know had lost obviously at that time they'd lost their, their previous game on, on a bit of a bad streak um, but I just look at obviously who they've got coming up they've got obviously Tranmere next uh, then they're home to, uh, to Wrexham then obviously, yes, he said that big one against Grimsby, but then it's obviously Walsall, Bradford. Um, I just, uh, for me, I would say out of the next two games, especially against Tranmere and Wrexham, if they don't get a minimum of three points from one of those games, I do honestly, I, I, I can only see one way down. I just think it is quite a, an uphill struggle and it's a bit of a shame. But Carl, obviously with... Uh, you know, the, the Crawley talking about Crawley, obviously they had gone, you know, five games uh, without winning. They managed to break that yesterday. And obviously at the start of the season, a lot of people were talking, you know, how Crawley were going to get relegated. And they had this really, really strong start. Are you starting to see that this Scott Lindsay effect take hold at Crawley? And are we looking at potentially a Crawley team that next season, especially, are going to really, really take this league by storm? Yeah, I think you'd have to look next season now, to be honest. Um, I think they're too far off the playoffs to even even think about a playoff push. They have slowly dropped off recently before yesterday. Um, but yes, yeah, only next season, if, if they can keep hold of some of their players, they've got a real chance of pushing the playoffs. Um, purely looking back at Forest Green, I was very disappointed with them yesterday. Um, as you both said... After that midweek win, you just thought they would carry the momentum with them and go and get something against the Crawley side who had struggled of late. Um, I don't see them dead and buried either. I think that game on the 2nd of March is absolutely crucial. Um, Forest Green start to play Sutton as well. I think that's two weeks later. So, they're the two games I think at the moment they've got to target. If Grimsby can beat Forest Green on the in early March, then I think, yes, um, that will be them down. But for the moment, I think they fight to live another day. But they've certainly got to 
got to start backing up some some of the performances. I don't think they've won back to back games in well over a year now, so they've got a real task on their hands to stay up. Yeah, I, I just feel obviously at the moment they're they're currently six points behind Grimsby. Uh, Grimsby do have a game in hand as well. I just feel that it's 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 a bit of a mountain to climb. But look, after that result yesterday, Forest Green are in 23rd place. Crawley Town are in 15th. Moving swiftly on to our next game. And this was Wimbledon, ASC Wimbledon, sorry, and Morecambe. Uh, and in this League 2 match between ASC Wimbledon and Morecambe at Plough Lane, the two teams ended the score 1-1. The game saw a slow start but came alive in the second half when Omar Bugle opened the scoring for Wimbledon. But Chris Stokes equalised for Morecambe. Wimbledon had uh, dominated the first half with the best opportunities falling to Morecambe's David Totonda, who missed an open chance at the far post. Wimbledon broke the deadlock, though, in the 50th minute when Bugle scored from a close range after a cross from Ronan Curtis. Bugle later missed a great opportunity to extend the lead. However, Stokes capitalised on a chance in the 74th minute to draw Morecambe level. As a result, both teams remain just outside the playoff places uh, with AFC Wimbledon, who are currently in eighth, uh, and more uh, sorry, with AFC Wimbledon currently in eighth, just a couple of plays, uh, goals, sorry, off the automatic the playoff places. Oh, I can't get my words out, guys. Um, a bit like this game yesterday, I mean, it was a very even 1 1 draw by AFC Wimbledon, uh, but yeah, Omar Bugle missing a clear opportunity to, to kill the game off. Uh, who's going to be happier with the points here, guys? I think, well, personally, I think Morecambe will be happy with the points. So I think Wimbledon probably should have won it. And also being on being on the road, I think, I mean, I said it a minute ago, you take you take those points on the road. Morecambe came into it in really good form. I mean, five, uh, four wins in their last five prior to the, the game against Wimbledon on, on Saturday. Um, but I, I do think they'll be they'll be quite content with a point against them. And I think I I don't think Wimbledon will be annoyed that they've that they didn't win. And I think both teams kind of went into this not purely not wanting to lose. I think they'd have both been happy with a point prior to the game because it keeps them in contention. Um but we, we know just how tight the um the fight for the playoffs is currently. I mean You've got Harrogate in seventh currently on 48 points and then Newport in 14th on 46. Like It's going to be fine margins come the end of the season. So maybe it is a missed opportunity for Wimbledon, but I think out of the two teams, it has to be Morecambe who are probably happier with the result. Yeah, do you know what? I would, I would kind of agree with you. I said uh, Omar Bugle had that uh, chance, obviously, in the second half to, to put uh, AFC Wimbledon 2-1 up and unfortunately scuffed his lines at the last moment. But, um, yeah, I mean, AFC Wimbledon currently, as I mentioned earlier, sat in eighth. Is this their chance to potentially push on? When you look at the results, uh, sorry, the games they've potentially got coming up, is this their chance to potentially try and sneak into the playoffs? Yeah, I think it has to be, to be honest. Um, I wasn't... I was pretty confident this would end in a draw before kickoff. To be honest, Wimbledon excellent at home. Morecambe as good away from home. They had a really good result in midweek when they came from two behind to beat Tranmere three two. I think that was their third away win in a row. Um, yeah, Wimbledon coming up. They've got a really good run of fixtures now. Um, they've got Crawley at home. They go to Doncaster, who, by the way, were excellent yesterday. We'll come on to that in a bit. 
Um, and then, yeah, they have a couple of home games. They've got Grimsby at home. They have MK Dons, which will be much more challenging. Um, that could be a huge game for, for both clubs. Uh, but, yeah, yesterday, I think Wimbledon probably, if any team were going to win it, probably deserved it ever so slightly. So, Morecambe, probably slightly happy to take a point at the end of the day. Yeah, I would say I'd probably agree with you on that one. I think Morecambe definitely uh, feel like they, 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 they've come out of that with at least a, uh, with the point where AFC Wimbledon are probably thinking, you know, we've potentially lost two points here. But after that game, uh, obviously finished 1-1. Morecambe are in 10th and AFC Wimbledon are in 8th. Guys, it's time to go and have a little break. Go and get yourself a cup of tea and we'll see you in five. Away days are great, especially when your striker bags are last-minute winner but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And do you know what? The same goes for McDonald's. Why not maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery? Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is sponsored by the wonderful people over at NordVPN. The 2023-24 campaign is set to draw to a close, but the football never truly stops. With the Olympics, Euro 2024 and the new season set to commence in no time, make sure you don't miss any of the action wherever you may be in the world by downloading NordVPN. For just the price of one cup of coffee per month, NordVPN allows you to watch your favourite teams, players, shows and movies anywhere in the world, even if they aren't available in your region, simply by switching the location on your device to one which is showing the content. NordVPN also acts as your cyber bodyguard, protecting your personal data and other sensitive information such as credit cards and passwords from falling into the wrong hands, which is always a worry when you travel abroad. And with just one subscription to NordVPN, you can use this service across six different devices, which is incredibly handy if you're traveling with your family and or loved ones. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash real EFL. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support our podcast too. The link is in the podcast episode description box. So now... Back to the podcast. Guys, welcome back. And now let's move straight on to our next game. This was Wrexham versus Notts County. And Wrexham's automatic promotion hopes received a boost as former Scotland striker Stephen Fletcher scored the decisive acrobatic goal to secure a victory over Notts County at the Stock Race course. Despite the visitors' possession, they were unable to convert it into goals. Notts County, though, thought they had equalised, though, so through David McCaldrick's effort, was disallowed for handball. Uh, guys, I mean, there's not really much to talk too much about this game, apart from saying that Stephen Fletcher goal was was a cracker. <laughs> Clearly hasn't lost it, has he? Um, and I didn't think this was probably as entertaining as the, uh, uh, as, uh, the last game that they played. Do you not think? I, really like two, I was going to say, it looks like two teams that cancelled each other out, really, didn't they? Yeah, I just can't believe it was a 1-0. I mean, like, going going into it, you wouldn't... I doubt many people have predicted it to have been a 1-0 with, uh, with how both teams set themselves up, how strong they are in the attacking areas and how they've probably got a, a fairly dodgy defensive display in them. Um it's a massive result for Wrexham, though, you've got to say. When you look at Stockport losing, Mansfield losing, Crew drawing, and then Barrow losing, all in the top six. They're like the real, I say them and MK Dons are the two real winners of the day. And they've done well to get to get through and get all three points. So I think they'll be they'll be really happy with that as if they win that game in hand and they go joint top with 
uh, Stockport currently. It's looking at Notts County though. A point, a point would have had them sat in the playoffs again, or would have kept them in the playoffs even. And they, they've just got no sort of consistency at the minute. I think it's one win in six, um, and that's been sat their win was sandwiched in between a few losses. It's been a bit ever since Luke Williams went. It's all been a bit disappointing, I'd say. And they may they may not even get into the playoffs this season. When you look at the teams around them, you look at like Morecambe in better form than even like Wimbledon. Yes, they're blowing a bit hot and cold. And then further down, you've Bradford, Newport. There's so many teams in that I could actually see at this point Notts County missing out if they don't sort themselves out in the not too um, distant future. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I was fortunate enough, obviously, to see the Notts County game. The, obviously, you played Gillingham, them played sorry, Gillingham the other day, and you're right, they really look like a team that are, are really, really inconsistent at the moment. And um, it's definitely not the Notts County that we saw playing the National League last year. And obviously, I know it's a big step up. Obviously, Wrexham have managed, though, to come in and do it. But, Carl, I mean, obviously, what did you think of the game yesterday? Did you have any kind of... Did your Was your thoughts straight away thinking... A one nil game now it should have been more than this like uh like mine and ivan's or yeah yeah exactly that. i can only echo what you said about the, the goal scoring particularly both teams they've both been slightly open rex have had a, a little bit of a blip in recent weeks i don't think they were particularly convincing either in midweek against sutton um but this has been a huge week from two wins six points takes them back into the automatic places um I was more disappointed with Notts County, um, to be honest. I thought after their winning midweek against Newport, I thought there was a real chance for them to build build on that. Um, had they not won that game, I would have expected a comfortable Wrexham win, but I just thought they might get the momentum from from that. A bit of a, a turning point, maybe, the start of Stuart Maynard's recovery with Notts County, but it didn't prove to be the case yesterday. Um they dominate possession as they always do, but I think Wrexham were probably good value for it. And yeah, them games in hand now look particularly crucial. It was, it was, it's been a big week for for Wrexham. Um, yeah, they've got a, a real chance now of going on to get automatic promotion. Yeah, they do, and obviously they currently sit in third in the league. Notts County are in ninth. Uh, Two teams, obviously, that came up last year, both still with though, with aspirations of getting out at the first time of asking. Let's move on to our next game. And I can already see a smile on my screen as we talk about Grimsby versus Doncaster. Uh, Doncaster secured a commanding 5-1 victory over relegation-threatened Grimsby at Blundell Park, uh, further distancing themselves from danger in League Two. Goals from Luke Molyneux and Joe Ironside put Doncaster in control early in the match, followed by an own goal from Mayer and strikes from Matthew Craig and Kyle Hurst, sealing the comprehensive win. Grimsby's captain Danny Rose scored from the penalty spot, uh, providing a brief response. Doncaster made a strong start, going 2-0 up within the first eight minutes, with Molyneux's top corner cold and Ironside's goal after being set up by Hakeem Adelakoum. Although Grimsby were given a lifeline with Rose's penalty, Doncaster restored their two-goal lead when Mayer inadvertently turned the ball into his own net from a Jamie Sterry cross. 
Craig then added another goal with a tidy left foot finish in the 72nd minute. And Cole Hurst rounded off the victory with a fifth goal. And guys, what a dominating performance from Doncaster yesterday. They, to me, um, they're definitely safe, 100% safe. They're, they're nowhere getting dragged into any kind of relegation battle this year. But that, for me, was probably one of their performances of the season. No, I, I do agree with that. But I think before I say anything else, I think Carl's probably the one that really wants to talk through this game first. So I'll, I'll, I'll let him go through it first. <laughs> do you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to go on at Grimsby. I'm going to speak about one player in um, detail for a minute. Now, last week we sat and spoke about Akiba Delican. Me, Charlie and Matt have all seen him at Lincoln and Doncaster. Um, sorry, Gillingham. And we all kind of echo um, the thought that... It'll give you a few good games, but it'll drift out. It'll be in, in and out of games. Now, yesterday, three assists. He scored in midweek. He's been excellent. He has really, really made made a difference at Doncaster so far. I mean, I think it was, the, it was either the second or third assist that was particularly impressive. That's two goals, four assists in five appearances. So I'm not going to say it too soon yet, but quietly he is having a very very good start to his uh time at Doncaster um before I do briefly touch on how bad Grimsby were yesterday some of the goals scored by Doncaster that uh, Doncaster yesterday were absolutely outstanding that first one in particular one touch passing move the finish by Luke Molyneux as well and I think it was the fourth as well another excellent move um, yeah, they're certainly safe from relegation, and the same can't be said of Grimsby. They're just they're conceding far too many goals at late. I think they are 20, 21 goals conceded in five home games at the moment. I think five of the last six, um, sorry, they're five games uh, of the six they've played this year have been at home, and they could really do with getting away from Blundell Park, as probably most people love to do. Uh, it's not a nice place if you've ever been anywhere near Cleefoot. Um, but yeah, they, they've had a torrid time of late and they've really got to start picking up points soon. And that game against Forest Green, as we highlighted earlier, is absolutely massive. But yeah, at the moment, Doncaster, certainly safe now. Grimsby, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, you know, I've got to echo what we mentioned last week about Hakeem Adelikun, uh, that I saw him at Gillingham uh, for most of last season. Yeah, give you, say, two or three brilliant games and then disappear for three or four games. But whatever's happening at Doncaster for him seems to be working because, yeah, you're right. You know, three assists yesterday, scored in midweek. Absolutely amazing last Saturday as well. Um, you know, they have got, obviously, a, a really good player, obviously, on their hands. And he seems to be fitting really well into that Doncaster team. Ivan, are you going to... Uh... Tell us what you, what you think about Grimsby or are you going to tell us what you think about Doncaster? Um, yeah, I'll, be nice and, I'll, I'll be nice and start with Doncaster. I think they, well, they're obviously, they well, it's clicked, hasn't it, the last couple of weeks. That's four unbeaten now for them, um, including two wins. And it's what they needed because when you look at the, sorry, the, the size of the club, you don't expect them to be in a relegation fight, especially with teams like, no offence to them, but Sutton and Forest Green, who aren't exactly massively well-established um, EFL clubs. And I don't think I ever thought Doncaster would go down, but then I also didn't expect them to have this improvement in them at, um, 
such a rate of knots. It is a great performance by them, and I'm not taking anything away from them, but I did also think Grimsby were shocking. Um, and they have been for quite a while. So that's why I said earlier about why I don't think Forest Green or even maybe even Sutton might not even be dead and buried as well. But it's all about how Grims, if Grimsby can pick up one or two wins, then they might be absolutely fine. Because who knows what Sutton and Forest Green will both do. But I can't see the current Grimsby team picking up any results anytime soon. And as I mentioned earlier, if they lose that game against Forest Green, they're going to be right in the midst of a relegation battle. And you'd expect there to be a bit of a, a momentum shift as well if Forest Green are able to win that. But yeah, it's, a, it's another awful day for Grimsby. I think Carl summed up perfectly with how many goals they've been conceding. Like if you're conceding any more than any more than three, which you seem like they're doing most weeks now, it's it, you're never going to win a game, are you? No, no, you're not. And you know, obviously, Grimsby, you know, so they have been pretty poor. And as Carl said, it was it twenty, yeah, it's twenty-one goals or, or something in the, in their last five home league games, which is it's a ridiculous amount. And it, it was almost on relegation form. I just feel uh, personally that Forest Green and Sutton are probably two slightly worse teams there. But look, still a few games to go to the let till the end of the season. Always time to prove me wrong. But after that 5-1 thumping from Doncaster yesterday, they are currently sat in 20th and Grimsby Town are in 22nd. Let's move on to our next game. And this is not one I always like to talk about, but we're going to have to anyway. This was Newport versus Gillingham. And Newport County secured the victory over Gillingham at Rodney Parade with Will Evans scoring his 23rd goal of the season in this 1-0 victory. The first half was very uneventful, with both teams unable to break the deadlock. The best chance fell to uh, Seb Palmer Holden, who couldn't convert a header from close range. Evans, though, finally opened the scoring with a left foot strike that found the net off the far post in the 60th minute. Newport County's win brings them to within two points of the League Two playoff position. Uh, and Gillingham, well, we are just one point shy of that top seven. Newport, obviously, we mentioned earlier, you know, down in, was it 14th at the moment? Uh, obviously, Gillingham up in seventh, but only a couple of points separating them. Um, for me, this, before the goal was scored, had nil-nil written all over it. It was, I mean, that first half was dire from both, both teams. Nil-nil um, all over it. It was just quite literally a moment of magic uh, off of Evans' foot. Uh, finding the top corner in the 60th minute. Uh, guys, I, I, I hate to ask you this as a Gillingham fan, but are Gillingham making the playoffs this year? I still, I, I'm not totally convinced. I think the, la the lack of goals for Gillingham, I think I said it last time I was on the podcast, the lack of, it, lack of goals is what really worries me. Um, if it clicked in the forward areas, and I don't see why... You can't, but also, there's just oh, I do not have a clue myself who's going to get that that seventh playoff uh, seventh playoff place. Sorry, finishing seventh to get that final playoff place this season. It's so so wide open. But give some credit to Newport. I think they've they've um, bounced back incredibly well, and it was needed after that defeat against um, Notts County in midweek because they were 
they were on a really good run of form prior to that game. And it was that that loss could have almost derailed a potential tilt at the playoffs. But they're fourteenth, yet two points off, and it, it is so tight there. But yeah, Gillingham, I without sounding too harsh, Matt, I'm not too sure about this season. I'll be honest. After yesterday's performance, I'm I've got to agree with you. Um, look, don't don't get me wrong. Like everyone, they yeah, everyone loves their team. We always want the best for our team. But I, you know, the start of the season, I was optimistic. Uh, now with well, what is it, eight games or whatever it is, uh, uh, ten games or whatever it is left to go, um, I, I think we would need to win seven of those ten games if we wanted to get any kind of chance and we've got teams like Rex and Stockport coming up I think it's going to be tough uh but I've got to move on to Newport um I mean Evan's goal yesterday was was a cracker I mean the first time sort of volley uh, into the top right hand corner it was a cracking goal um but as we said earlier Carl Newport are only two points off that seventh position can they dream realistically or you know, are they fantasy dreams uh, that Newport have of potentially getting that seventh spot? No, I think they've got a genuine ambition this year to make the playoffs, um, which is why I think the defeat in midweek was so disappointing because they were on a really good run before that. It picked up some really big wins and you would really have fancied them to beat Notts County in midweek. Um, the difference yesterday was quite literally having an actual goal scorer in Will Evans. Um, if you've got a player like that who can put the ball in the back of the net and not create a chance from nothing, but um, when many of us would fail, he didn't. That is quite uh, quite possibly going to be the difference between finishing in the playoffs and finishing outside. And if you look at Gillingham, 31 goals scored in 32 games, it's just nowhere near enough. Um, defensively, they're very sound. Um, it's just, yeah, scoring goals is the big issue at the moment. And as you picked up on them games coming up, you just can't see it. Um, I think Tuesday's absolutely massive with Stockport's recent blip. If they can get a result in that, then then potentially. But after that, I think it's Wrexham. Inform Salford. Um, they've got Barrow, Tranmere, Wimber. They're all games at the moment that you're struggling to see them picking up too many wins. Um so for them at the moment, I'm going to say no. Newport, I'm not too convinced either. They've got two huge games. They've got MK Dons next Saturday. They've got Harrogate as well, who obviously are in the playoffs at the moment, um, as are MK Dons. So pick up a few positive results there and potentially. But then again, looking at their run of form, uh, run of fixtures in March, they've got Mansfield, Stockport, Morecambe. It's just teams pretty much every week at the moment they're going to be playing each other who are in and around the top seven so if any team are going to take advantage then then they're going to have to win them type of games so I'm not convinced at the moment by either to be honest No I'm not I've said it on my other pod that I do that I, I generally believe probably this this season for Gillingham and Stephen Clements is too soon Newport County look don't get me wrong I've, I've absolutely loved the journey that they've been on they've done really well this year but again I, I can't necessarily see it this year. Uh, that being said, if they were to make it, they would have fully, fully deserved it because this last five or six games uh, that they played, they apart, obviously apart from uh, Tuesday night, they had been absolutely excellent. 
Uh, but after that 1-0 win by Newport yesterday, that currently leaves them in 14th place. Gillingham are in 11th. Let's move swiftly on to our next game. Bradford versus Sutton United and Bradford City extended their league to winning streak with a victory over bottom of the table, Sutton United, securing their third successive league win, winning 1-0. The lone goal of the game came from Callum Kavanagh, uh, leaving Sutton United still without a win in Steve Morrison's ninth game in charge. Andy Cook had two promising opportunities to give Bradford the lead in their first half, but was unable to capitalise on either of them. Despite a missed uh, chance where he fired over the, from the bar, where another was blocked by the Sutton goalkeeper. <laughs> Sutton gradually gained momentum with Ben Goodliffe uh, heading wide and former Bradford striker Lee Angle narrowly missing a free kick. Bradford's keeper Sam Walker made crucial saves from Harry Smith before Callum Kavanagh secured the breakthrough in the 54th minute, confidently, confidently finishing after being played clear uh, by Clark O'Dor. Although Sutton searched for an equaliser, they were unable to convert. Uh, Bradford did threaten to extend their lead, but were denied by Halliday's... Uh, sorry, Bosnis denied Halliday's effort. In stoppage time, though, Sutton did have a final opportunity, but Ollie Sanderson's attempt was thwarted by Walker's save, securing Bradford's win and bringing them within two points of the playoff spots. So again, it looks like what we're talking about is all teams that are pushing up towards the playoffs. And again, Bradford, they look like they're trying to do some some damage towards that playoff spots, aren't they? Yeah, they're one of the teams in form at the minute, aren't they? I think it shows how if in League Two at the minute, if you put a little run of wins together, you can really stake a claim to um to put yourself in that in that kind of group that's fighting for I want to say seventh place, but even sixth now with Barrow struggling recently, that might even um, come up as well. Uh, I don't think too many Bradford fans would have expected them to be in this position as recently as maybe even a month ago, or even uh, more recently even. Um, I think, yeah, three wins on the trot now and four games unbeaten. They're, they're looking like, oh, I was going to say, they're looking almost like the, the team that we saw last season. Um, obviously, it, a win's a win, but one 0 against Sutton isn't an, an incredible result. But they've got through a uh, they got through a fairly well. I was going to say a fairly tough game. They got through a game that they needed to win, which is the main thing. As for Sutton, I said on here a couple of weeks ago, I think that they might be able to stay up, and I can not see that happening now. Um, I, I think they've improved since Morrison's came in, but they've just, they cannot win games. They just, I mean, obviously they've not won a game since he's been um, been in charge, but I think they're just struggling to get any sort of point on the board. It's four losses from their last five now, and the other one being a draw. They need, they badly need a win soon because that gap up to Grimsby is now seven points and Grimsby have got two games in hand on them. So, yeah, I think it's, Unfortunately for Sutton, their um, their time in the EFL could be coming to an end. No, I totally get what you mean there. Uh, I'm obviously on a very poor pitch yesterday uh, up at Bradford, but Sutton didn't make it, you know, make it life easy for Bradford. I know they they had 15 shots. Uh, I think it was only three on target, but they had 48, uh, 58% possession. Um, they had the majority of the ball, but. 
they just couldn't do anything with it, could they, Carl? And I think this is going to potentially be then their downfall because they could have all this possession in the world, but I think they could have played for 180 minutes. I still don't think they would have scored. Yeah, I think you're right, unfortunately. They're just... They are really unlucky. Um, if you go back to the game against Stockport, they got battered in December. The majority of their defeats have all been by the odd goal. Um, I think the Mansfield game was by two. Aside from that, they just they don't seem to have the luck that, that you kind of need. And I know it's not all based on luck to stay up, but just the rubber green sometimes, even in midweek, as I touched on earlier, that defeat by Wrexham, they just... I think, yeah, they are heading back towards the National League now. Um, saying that, yesterday, I would not have been at all surprised if they beat Bradford. It would have been the most Bradford result ever, I think, after their two recent results. Uh, the win at Wrexham and the thrashing of MK Dons in midweek. I just could Honestly, I thought they would get beat yesterday or at least drop points. Um, I can't believe they're in a playoff push of sorts at the moment. Um Again, looking through some of their recent results, I think if you go back to the defeat against Swindon um, towards the end of January, um, I think they dropped as low as 18th at that point. And then since then, they've just started to, to turn themselves around a bit. I don't think they'll make the playoffs this season, but who knows? Who knows? If you can put, as I think Ivan said a couple of minutes ago, if you can put runs together... Two, three, four wins. You suddenly in contention. Um, they'll have one eye on the EFL Trophy semi-final in midweek against Wickham. Um, but yeah, it's it's such a bizarre season that, that if you'd have said this, yeah, a week ago, ten days ago, you'd have been you'd have been laughed at for saying Bradford are anywhere near the playoffs. But all of a sudden, they are. Yeah, and I, I kind of get what you mean, though. Yeah, where you're saying it would have been the most Bradford performance if they had lost, because they had two excellent uh, performances the last couple of games they've had. And but look, the, ultimately, the main thing is they've managed to get three points. They managed to keep this uh, win run going, and again, they start to put uh, a bit of a uh, bit of form together right when it matters, right at the end of the season. Although I will say, I Andy Cook, who obviously had an absolutely amazing season last season uh, for Bradford. He had two golden opportunities to score in that first half. Didn't put either of them away. He, he doesn't look like the same player he was last season. I don't know whether it's a lack of confidence or what. I know he hadn't been prolific too uh, massively before that, but after last season, you would have thought he would have come out all guns blazing. But two golden chances yesterday against bottom of the league, and he, and he could have put them down. Something I might think maybe is niggling in the back of his head. But after that 1-0 win by Bradford yesterday, that leaves them in 13th place and Sutton United are holding up the Football League in 24th. Let's move on to our next game. This was Crew versus Harrogate and Crew aiming for promotion encountered a resolute defence from Harrogate as they played out a goalish draw uh, yesterday. Harrogate, uh, so Harrogate determined to bounce back from their 9-2 defeat at Mansfield in midweek. Limited Crew's scoring opportunities. Matt Daly missed an early chance to put the visitors ahead, dragging his effort wide of the far post. Crew faced additional challenges as skipper Luke Offord sustained a first-half injury. In the second half, though, the game opened up and Courtney Baker-Richardson's powerful header narrowly cleared the bar. Josh Ustrefield also had a deflected effort go past the post. 
Baker Richardson hit the bar with a header and substitute Tracy's attempt was denied by Harrogate's goalkeeper, James Belshaw. Despite Crew's increased pressure, they were unable to convert with uh, Adabasi lifting a shot over the bar. As Harrogate shifted from defence to offence, though, Joe Marsh narrowly missed connecting with a dangerous delivery into the home box. Crew's late push saw Charlie Kirk's powerful shot deflected over, but Harrogate held on for a hard-earned point. And after their 9-2 defeat in midweek, I think Harrogate can be pleased with that point. Can't, don't you think, Ivan? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree with everything you said there. I was a bit surprised when I saw Harrogate's team on, on Saturday. I was surprised they didn't play 10 defenders. I thought they might after after Tuesday night. But I think they, they always played like they did. Um, I think we, we all knew that that 9-2 result was a complete one-off it was like it wouldn't they're not going to lose 9-2 probably in the next few years again but it was all about how they responded from it and I think a point away at crew is a good way to respond how you can go from conceding nine to second in the league to then zero to a then third in the league I've made it four days later I'm not too sure but yeah I think Harrogate have done everything they needed to I thought it was well as, as our most nil-nil game, but I thought it was fairly dull. Crew had just two shots on target, and Harrogate, I don't think, had a single shot on target. Um, but, like I said, it's a good it's a good reply away from home after that trouncing in midweek. And also, they moved back into the playoff places as a result of it, with Knox County losing. But I'm not too sure they've got what it takes to probably, well, to be in the playoffs this year. But I think for Harrogate anyway, they've had an incredible season and no one would have predicted them to be in the playoff fight at this point in the season. No, I think I, I had them around mid-table in, in my um, my uh, sort of early season predictor of where I thought they were going to finish. Uh, and they've done absolutely excellent. And look, the 9-2 the defeat in the, in the week, they came up against, on the day, a Mansfield team that were just not going to take any prisoners and everything fell for them, you know, um, you know, I don't know how many shots on target it was they had in that game, but literally just seemed like every time Mansfield went forward, they were going to score and Harrogate had no answer to it. But for them to get a point yesterday, Carl, against Crew, as I said, I, I think is a, a really, really good result. But can Crew feel a little bit almost hard done by? Because they had some great opportunities going forward yesterday and again, just couldn't convert. Yeah, I think they can. Um yeah, I think they hit the bar. They had, I know they only had them two shots on target, but I think they had 18 um, in total. Um, it, it is disappointing for them. Uh, they had a massive result in midweek beating Stockport. Um, probably not too surprised, though, that, that Harrogate came with one eye on their defence yesterday just to try and solidify things and and take what for them is a huge point. Um, as we've touched on, the I don't want to discredit Mansfield in midweek because you don't just got nine goals and it'd be a complete fluke. Obviously, yeah, it won't happen again. You wouldn't think. Um, but, yeah, it was crucial yesterday for Harrogate to to really build from defence and that was at the expense of their attack, really. Um, they're not massively high-scoring, at least they haven't been in recent weeks. So, um, from their perspective, it wasn't too. Um, it was very, very um, 
Sorry, it was a very good performance yesterday. Yeah, I think when you're looking at crew, um, they're at the top three again. Um, they had a real chance to build on, as I said, that win against Stockport in midweek. Failed to do so, but it's a decent point at the end of the day and they've just got to build from there again. Yeah, I mean, again, when you look at the stats, obviously, look, Harrogate yesterday really had... I mean, I don't think they really entered into, into Cruz half at all. I think they had one shot all game, I think it was. I don't even think that was on target, if I remember seeing the stat. Uh, but, look, you know, obviously, they, one of the things you're going to want to do after that sort of thumping midweek is consolidate. But, yeah, I think the crew really did have a, the opportunity here to try and potentially get the three points and get back into those autos. But, unfortunately, it didn't happen. But after that game, finished 0 nil. Crew are in fourth and Harrogate are in seventh. Uh, we've come to our last game of the day. This was Walsall versus Mansfield Town. And Mansfield, who had the opportunity to claim the top spot in League Two. Uh, but Emmanuel Adebayo's goal on his Football League debut led Walsall to a 2-1 victory. Mansfield had numerous chances to secure the lead in the first half, with Will Swan missing several opportunities. Additionally, Stephen Quinn and Aidan Flint were also unable to convert their chances, leaving Mansfield frustrated. Walsall took the lead in the 47th minute when Jamel Matt headed in Isaac Hutchinson's cross. However, Mansfield quickly equalised as Harim Boating set up Quinn to score beneath Smith. Nevertheless, Norwich's Loney Adebayo made an impact by scoring with a near post header from Hutchinson's corner in the 65th minute. Despite a late surge from Mansfield, Smith's exceptional save denied Aitkins, preventing Mansfield from claiming the top spot in League Two standings, despite leaders Stockport losing 4-0 earlier on. So guys, uh, after their 9-2 win the other day, Mansfield go ahead and lose 2-1. Did either of you two see this coming? I, I didn't personally. I thought that they'd use that momentum and use it quite well and well, I didn't think they'd beat Walsall 9-2, but I, I thought they'd, they'd beat them fairly comfortably. But yet again, on this podcast, I've been proved wrong. Um, it's a really disappointing result for them because, you think, like you said, Matt, even if they'd got a draw, they'd have been top of the league. Um, I was just looking at previous fixtures between the two sides. The last four games have all ended 2-1 with the home team winning 2-1 each time. So that, that's something to bear in mind if, uh, if they're playing against each other next season. But yeah, for, for Mansfield, it's it's a disappointing performance, obviously, because they've lost. But I think it's even more disappointing with the fact that they could have gone top as a result of it. As that would have put a bit of, not, I mean, it would have put breathing room between them and Stockport. But they then have a, um, a two-point two point buffer to them. And then you've got a bit of a gap to Wrexham, albeit they do have a game in hand. But now, if Wrexham win that game in hand, they they're going to be sat in third. So it's a weird one, but I, I do think that Mansfield are a very good side. And I do think that this is just a, a one-off of maybe even a bit of complacency from the players after Tuesday's um, result. So, yeah, it's, it, it's, a, it's, it's an unexpected result, but I expect them to bounce back in the coming, well, the coming week. 
Yeah, I, I totally get what you mean. I look completely unexpected. Not uh, again. I don't think many people would have put this down on their, you know, their racker saying that Walsall were going to beat Mansfield. But I do generally believe that Walsall yesterday were were really good value for their win. Um, you know, um, I think fifteen shots uh, yesterday, five on target. Uh, they had forty three percent possession against say, a very strong Mansfield team who were going to want to have turned up there and put on a performance and. I think Walsall did an exceptional job in keeping Mansfield quiet. Yeah, I think I have to agree with that. They did do a very good job. Um, I think they also had the slight look of of an, a referee decision. I don't know if any of you have seen it. Um, Aidan Flint's header that went over the line, it appears, but was not given. Um, they can certainly feel hard done by yesterday. Um yeah, it is a weird one. You're always going to come crashing back down to earth after winning 9-2. I mean, they won 4-0 last weekend as well, Mansfield at Forest Green. So, 13 games in two goals, you're never going to keep that up, uh, let's be real. Um, I think we all probably expect them to win yesterday. Uh, I'll just touch on Walsall briefly. Um, after their win at Grimsby um, on New Year's Day, I think... A lot of people are probably looking up uh, potential for a playoff push. That hasn't really materialised at all. And I think for the last few weeks, we've mentioned about losing Freddie Draper and who will step up. And we've said, I think Charlie mentioned it uh, last week, Isaac Cutchinson stepping up. And he certainly did yesterday, provided two assists, two excellent crosses. Um, yeah, I think the playoffs have probably gone from this year, but they're still, I think they're only six points off. So, it's, it's never out of the question. And if they can back up that result on Tuesday night, then who knows for the rest of the season. But yeah, I think I think Mansfield, at the end of the day, probably feel a little hard done by yesterday. Yeah, well, I'll say after that win in midweek, coming crashing back down to Worth. But that 2-1 loss does still leave them sat in second in the league, with Walsall occupying 16th place. And guys, if you've made it this far, we have come to the end of this real EFL League 2 look back. Ivan, thank you so much for joining me this week. No worries, mate. Looking forward to doing some more, especially next season with Carlisle getting relegated. But yeah, I'm sure I'll be on a couple more of these in the coming weeks. Brilliant. Carl, thank you again for joining us. Yeah, cheers, Matt. I'm going to watch Bradford in midweek against Wickham in the EFL Trophy semi-final. So I'm hoping that we have some League Two team in the EFL Trophy Finals. So, yeah, see you soon. Yeah, that will be great. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching your team on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share box on the go. And you know what? Your mate's already got booked for double dipping. But then later on, you steal in, grab the last nugget and snatch all three points. Perfect. Why not order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app? Are you in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.